Do you ever wonder if you're saved or what saved even means or what God is like or what Jesus did? Some people are embarrassed to ask these really basic questions, but please don't be. They're the most important questions you could ever ask. And that's why I want to give you a brand new copy of this little book I wrote called The Basics. Uh, you can get your paper copy or your digital copy or your audio copy or your video version just by going to timeofgrace.org slash the basics. If you are brand new to reading the Bible and have no clue where to start, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> well, not the clueless part. I want to I wanna help you with that. But if you, maybe for the first time in your entire life, are excited to open this book to learn about God and to deepen your faith, that is one of the most important moments of a person's entire life. Uh, makes me think, just a couple Sundays ago at our church, this young guy came uh, almost jogging up to me, almost dragging his girlfriend in hand. Uh, this young guy had just become a Christian, just gotten baptized, and he asked me, my girlfriend wants to start reading the Bible. Do you have one? And I pulled off one of the, the free copies that we had in the church lobby and excitedly handed over to her. And then he asked me this question, and she kind of leaned in for my answer. He said, Pastor, where should she start? It's actually a really good question. In my experience as a pastor, starting at the right spot in the Bible is essential to actually reading the Bible. And that might sound like kind of an odd thing to say. I mean, where do you start? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> On the first page? <laughs> it's like asking someone, hey, what part of the movie should I start in? <laughs> I don't know the beginning. So, so the Bible is really unique in that way that, you know, we live so many years after it's been written that it actually, it takes a little bit of thought and wisdom to know the best spot to begin. And that's why uh, today and in a bunch of videos to come, uh, I want to share with you what, what I think, from my experience, the best progression to read the Bible in. And it's still going to take you some time and it will still require some effort, but I hope it's a really good, easy to follow path that gets you closer to God and stronger in your faith. So, if you're ready for that journey, here's my first suggestion. My first suggestion is not to find the right somewhere, but to find the right someone. Uh, here's what I mean by that. You could start on page one of the Bible or halfway through the Bible or with the life of Jesus in the Gospels, but I think if you try to read any of it by yourself, you're going to run into some problems really quickly. Uh, the Bible is a beautiful book with a simple message of God's love, but it's also a profound book that has wisdom that you can't get to the bottom of. And if you try to go verse by verse or chapter by chapter as a brand new Bible reader without help, I think you're going to struggle quickly and frequently. So here's my first suggestion. Don't find the perfect somewhere. Find the perfect someone. Like right now, could, can you think of someone that kind of you have this sense that they get the Bible. Maybe it's a friend who first invited you to their church. Maybe it's one of your relatives that goes every Sunday or who has read the Bible themselves cover to cover. Can you think of someone that you know, that you like talking to, that you kind of trust, that knows a little bit more about this book than you do? I think if you reach out to them and ask them to guide you, they would be so humbled and if they're anything like me, so excited to teach you what they have been taught about the life, death, and forgiveness of Jesus. Actually, that's not just my suggestion, though. That's the story that we find in one part of the Bible. 
It's one of my favorites in the book of Acts chapter 8. Uh, it's the, the story about this African guy who's sitting in his chariot. All right, they didn't have SUVs back in the day. He's, he's riding his chariot back to Africa. And God actually tells a Christian named Philip to run up to the chariot and start a conversation about the Bible. Here's what happens. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah is one of the books in the Bible. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? The man said. Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The man asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet Isaiah talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. I love that so much. Do you understand what you're reading? And the guy's humble enough to admit, how can I? Unless someone who knows it helps me with it. That's my prayer for you. In the following videos, I'm going to give you a really simple path to follow of what pages, what parts of this book. But the most important thing you could do is to reach out, to humbly ask, I'm never going to understand this without help. Would you help me? In this book, Jesus once said, those who humble themselves will be exalted. So if you want to be exalted with knowledge, with God's love, with his forgiveness for knowing him in a personal and intimate way, humble yourself and ask someone, would you help? That's the first and very best spot to start when you start reading the Bible. I recently heard the story of a group of Somalian Christians who risked everything each night to read this book. In their village in Somalia, the Bible was banned. And so one of the more courageous Christians would wait until the sun had set. He would quietly sneak out of the village. He would walk to a cave where their only copy of the Bible was hidden. He would take it out, sneak back into the village where by candlelight a group of Christians were waiting to study the words of this book. And then before the sun had risen to expose their Bible study, he would sneak back to the cave, put the Bible back, get back home, and crawl into bed. Pretty impressive, huh? A guy who would risk everything, not just his time, his comfort, his convenience, he was willing to risk his very life for the words of this book. But if you know the words of this book, that, that maybe makes some sense. Now, we can learn a lot of things about God from the world around us. He's powerful, he's wise, he's beautiful, he is generous. But it takes more than nature. It, it takes the words of the scripture to realize that God is love, that God forgives, that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, people just like us can be happy in God's presence forever, that we don't have to fear death, we don't have to live in shame, we belong in it. Like the words of this book are worth everything, which is why I'm so excited for you. Uh, you are brand new to reading the Bible. And I hope you caught my last video. If, if not, I'd love for you to check that out because I, I encourage you, when you start reading the Bible, to find someone who has read the Bible. Find someone who can be your guide, who can help answer your questions. Now, if you found that person already, I'm ready to give you my first step in a number of steps of where you should begin in this big book. You know, the Bible, to be honest, is a lot of pages. Uh, this might be the biggest 
longest, most complex book that some of you read in your entire life. So where should you begin? Oh, there's no one exactly right answer to that question, but in my experience, where I think you should begin is with Jesus. Here's what I mean. Uh, the Bible is broken up into what are called two testaments, the Old and New Testament. Think like before Jesus and after Jesus. And each of those two testaments are broken down into books like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus in the Old Testament or Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. And then each book, are you still with me so far, <laughs> is broken down into chapters. There's uh, over 1,000 separate chapters in the Bible. And then each chapter is broken down into little verses. I think there are 31,173 verses in the Bible. Now, that might make you panic. <laughs> Don't panic. It's kind of like addresses and streets and cities and state lines. It just helps us find where things are in the Bible. But it kind of begs the question, with 31,173 different options, where should you begin? And my answer for you is Jesus. Instead of starting at page one, I would encourage you to start with the four biographies that tell the story of Jesus. In the Bible, they're called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were written by first century eyewitnesses and friends of eyewitnesses who wanted to get the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, you might think of them as four biographies um, or documentaries of the life of Jesus. You've seen a documentary, right? Um, it doesn't cover every last second that happened to someone, but, but they kind of pick little snippets to tell a certain story. You know, picture Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as like guys with cameras who are editing the footage to make a point about what Jesus was like. That's where I want you to start. Now, to give you a heads up, there's a lot of overlap in that documentary footage. So like if you watched a, a couple of news stations covering the same sporting event, you might see some of the same hits or the same plays. Uh, especially with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you're going to see a lot of overlap. Um, John has a lot of unique things, but I really want you to read all four so that you get this comprehensive and a little bit repetitive picture of who Jesus is and what he did. Now, that's going to take you, if you're an average reader, about four and a half hours. And four and a half hours might seem like a lot, but let's be honest, it's like one Avengers movie. <laughs> for some of us, we watch four hours of YouTube a week. Uh, maybe for some of you, four hours of YouTube a day. It's a half a season of The Office. And I just want to tell you that Jesus is worth it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if I could give you just one Bible passage to convince you to do it, it comes at the end of those four biographies. In John chapter 20, one of Jesus' best friends, the Apostle John, writes these words. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's really the point. Not just to say that you read the Bible or you, you checked those boxes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, but to find life in his name. I know you're just like me. You're looking for life. A life where you matter. A life where you don't have to be stuck in the past. A life where God is close to you, where God has plans for you. A life where there's forgiveness, where there's patience, where there's guidance. These words were written that you could find a life just like that through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. 
Now, I can't wait in future videos to tell you what to do after that, but I don't want to overwhelm you just yet. So first of all, find your someone and then start with Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that you can draw close to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. If you're new to reading the Bible, I want to tell you about my weird and really wonderful friend, Ben. Some of you might actually know Ben. He's one of my co-workers here at Time of Grace. Uh, he loves to make videos about Jesus too. Uh, I got to take a, a road trip with Ben to a Christian conference a couple of months ago. And uh, we were driving from Wisconsin down to Indiana. And I forget at what point Ben realized he had forgotten his backpack. His backpack with his Bible in, with his notebook in, with his phone charger in. And, and Ben was really freaking out. And not because of the phone charger. <laughs> we actually got to the conference and he was, he was like unnerved by it. And I, I didn't actually get it. It was, you know, a couple days, 48, 72 hours at the conference. He'd get his Bible back. But Ben literally could not function without his Bible. He insisted on, on going to a bookstore, on picking up another copy because he, he hated starting his day without the words of this book. At first, I thought Ben was kind of weird. <laughs> but the more I reflected on it, that is so wonderful. When a person realizes that I just, I just can't get through the day without starting with a huge dose of the words of my Heavenly Father and the love of His one and only Son. And when I think about Ben, I'm pretty excited for you. You're brand new to reading the Bible, but you have this this passion, this desire, like God has nudged you in that direction and you've picked up this big book and maybe you don't know much about it and you're not sure where to start, but you have this new desire and so I'm going to guide you through that. Uh, in some previous videos, I hope you caught them. If, if you haven't, make sure you click on them. Uh, I encourage you to find someone to help you read the Bible because you're going to have a lot of questions. And then I encourage you to start with the life of Jesus, with what we call the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Should have taken you about four and a half hours if you've gotten that far, but now maybe you finished the last chapter of John and you're wondering, well, what next? All right, there are 66 total books in the Bible, so you got four down perhaps, 62 to go, which, which one do you pick? Well, here's my bit of advice for you. I think that you should pick the sequel. It's known as the book of Acts. Right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament is a book called Acts and it was actually written by the same Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke. And essentially, the book of Acts is the sequel of what happened after Jesus. So here Jesus was born, he lived this perfect life, he died on the cross for our sins, he rose from the dead on the third day, 40 days later, he returned back to his heavenly Father. And then what? <laughs> You have this tiny little church, a couple dozen people, maybe a couple hundred people in this big world. You have the very religious and political officials who put Jesus, the Son of God, to death just like two, two months ago. What next? And the book of Acts tells that amazing story. I won't spoil any of the amazing accounts that you'll find in the book of Acts, but you're going to run into Peter, Jesus' friend, who got up to speak to this massive crowd. And in one of the funnier lines of the Bible, the crowd said, Are you drunk? <laughs> and Peter somehow <laughs> took that dig 
into one of the, the biggest, most successful sermons in human history where 3,000 people became Christians on a single day and were baptized into the name of Jesus. A few pages later, you're going to meet a bounty hunter named Saul of Tarsus, a very religious man who believed that Jesus and his followers were very wrong and needed to be stopped at any cost. Well, that's what he did believe until he met Jesus. And then he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And if you've ever driven past the church called St. Paul's, that was that guy. The same guy that God would use to write many books that show up in the Bible itself. You're going to hear, hear about a riot that broke out when Paul's preaching about Jesus was being believed by so many people. You're going to hear about the injustice of Paul being arrested, almost killed for his faith, sitting in jail for something he didn't do, and yet how God was powerfully working through him. I, I honestly, personally love reading the book of Acts. It is packed with action and most importantly, it's packed with Jesus. Oh, one more insider tip. Uh, when you read the book of Acts, you're also going to get the origin story to a number of other books that you find in this big book, the Bible. Like in the book of Acts, Paul's going to travel to the Greek city of Corinth. And then later on, you're going to find out there's actually two letters in the Bible called 1st and 2nd Corinthians, where Paul writes back to the church that he started. Or he goes to Ephesus, where that big riot broke out. And there's a, a book in your Bible called Ephesians. He goes to Thessalonica, there's 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, there's the church at Rome, we hear about the Romans, right? So when you get the book of Acts, you're not just reading one more of the 66 books, you're getting the backstory and the connection to understand a bunch of the other books that are to come. So here's my prayer for you. First, find someone who knows the Bible. Second, start with Jesus and the four Gospels. Then read the sequel in the book of Acts. And as you do, let me leave you with this. Uh, back in 2013, I got to take an amazing trip to Greece. And I got to visit Corinth. I got to stand in the very place where the Apostle Paul stood. And then we traveled to modern-day Turkey and we went to Ephesus. I mean, you should Google this. One of the most amazing archaeological excavations. They dug under the ground and found the massive theater where the riot broke out because of Paul's preaching. It's there. And, and as I stood in those places, I remembered something about this book. It's not just a story. It's not just once upon a time in a land far, far away. This was about real people, real places, real events. And most importantly for me and you, it was about a real Jesus, a real God, and the real life that we can find through faith in him. So, enjoy the book of Acts. And I hope you can enjoy our next video as I give you our next step. So, you are reading the Bible for the very first time. I love that thought that, that there you are, maybe taking the first step that could lead to a thousand beautiful steps that get you closer to God. I say that not just to say it because for the past quarter century, I've been living it. When I was in middle school, maybe early high school, I decided to start reading the Bible as a daily habit. This was before the days of smartphones. I won't <laughs> date myself too much. I had little notebooks where I wrote out the, the books of the Bible and the chapters with little boxes that I would check. And as a, a box checking guy, I love that. You know, that was the, the what, early, mid-90s. And do you know what I did this morning? The exact same thing. 
Uh, the notebooks are gone. I have Bible apps and stuff and, and paper copies. But 25 years later, I find myself reading the exact same book. Isn't that crazy? I, mean, I love reading, but I rarely read a book for a second time. But this book has something so beautiful, I should say someone so powerful, that for the last 25 years, that's what I've been doing every single day. Not out of habit, not out of obligation, not because I have to, but because I want to. I, I get to. I get to listen to the voice of my Father in Heaven. And that's why I'm so excited for you. Uh, in these videos, we've been talking about what to do if, if you're brand new. If you don't know much about this big book, what do you do and where do you start? And uh, if you haven't seen those videos, I'd encourage you to click on them because we talked about finding someone who knows the Bible. We talked about starting with Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then we talked about reading the sequel to the life of Jesus, the book of Acts. And that brings us to today. Now what do you do? You've studied the life of Jesus. You heard about the early Christian church. You learned about Peter and Paul and John and all the rest. So, sounds like you got 61 other books to choose from. Which one do you choose? Well, here's a cool insider tip. Uh, did you know that there is a Bible hack to understanding the toughest part of the Bible? It's just my opinion, but I think the toughest part of the Bible to understand is this big chunk in the beginning that we call the Old Testament. Right? It would take you about you know, 50, 52 hours for an average reader to read the entire Old Testament. 39 separate books written long, long time ago, different cultures, different people. Uh, a lot of things that are difficult to wrap your brain around. But did you know to help you with that, God gave you a Bible hack? Here in the pages of the New Testament is a little book called the Book of Hebrews. And it won't take you 50 hours to read. It'll take you about 45 minutes if you're an average reader. And uh, I describe the Book of Hebrews like the Cliff's Notes of the Old Testament. <laughs> right? It, it kind of touches on the very basics. It introduces you to people like, like Moses and like David. Concepts like the temple or the sacrifices in the Old Testament system. It obviously doesn't get into every detail of the Old Testament, but it does kind of give you the, the big picture, the box top, before you dive into all the individual puzzle pieces. And so my encouragement to you is to, to with a close friend, to read the book of Hebrews. And as you read, you're going to start learning about people. There'll be little hyperlinks that we can click on later. But more than anything, we're going to reiterate and reinforce the fact that Jesus is worth it. Let me give you just a, a minute of context. The book of Hebrews was written to first century Christians who were considering to stop being Christians. Like They had followed Jesus, they believed in Jesus, but now things were getting hard. They were being persecuted for their faith. Much like what happened in the book of Acts, it was happening to them and they thought about letting go of Jesus. And so the author to the Hebrews, we're not quite sure who that was, writes this powerful letter to remind them that everything good in the Old Testament, in Jesus, we find something better. He is greater. He is stronger. He is worthy. It might cost you. It might not be easy to follow in his footsteps and to hold on to his teaching, but Jesus is absolutely worth it. And that's not just an interesting historical message, right? That, that is so personal for me and for you to, to follow Jesus. 
not just to take the time to read this each day, but to really follow his teaching, to love our enemies, to forgive our exes, to trust in his word instead of what most people believe these days. That is difficult. Not everyone loves it. There might even be harassment, persecution, mockery. Is Jesus worth it? You could read the whole Old Testament if you want the answer to that question, or you could jump to the book of Hebrews. I told some of you about a conference I went to with my friend Ben, who is a pastor, uh, the guy who just couldn't leave home without this book. Well, we got to the conference and actually the entire thing was about the book of Hebrews. And the title of the conference, I brought my conference booklet with me here today, was Jesus is Greater, based on the book of Hebrews. You can find life, health, love, romance, power, success, entertainment, experiences. There's a lot of good things you could have in this world, but Jesus is greater. And the book of Hebrews wants you to know it. So, there's a lot more to talk about. I can't wait uh, in our next video to give you a good plan from here. But for now, if you really want to get the Old Testament, and most importantly, if you want to get why Jesus is worth it, read the book of Hebrews. Back in 2010, FedEx ran a Super Bowl commercial that I can still remember many years later. It was about this guy who had apparently escaped being stranded on a deserted island all by himself for five years. But the whole time, he had this FedEx package that he swore to himself he would deliver to its rightful owner. And so the moment came. He, he rang the doorbell of this beautiful suburban home. A, a woman answered. He said, I've kept this package for five years and and now I'm here to deliver to you. And she says, wow, thank you. Before he turns and walks down the sidewalk, he asks, hey, can I ask what, what's inside the box? <laughs> you know what's coming? She opens it up and says, oh, not much. Just a satellite phone <laughs> and a GPS locator and a water purifier and a pack of seeds. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> end of commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials. And, uh, the concept actually makes me think of this book. Um, the Bible contains the things that we truly need in life. And yet for a lot of us, this book is kind of near us or in our pockets or on our bookshelves or coffee tables or in our churches. But for some of us, it's difficult to open, to explore, and to make full use of. That's why I'm so excited that you're watching this video. Maybe you're brand new to reading the Bible and you're just kind of learning where to start. In previous videos, I've been kind of laying out a path, you know, find someone, start with Jesus, read the book of Acts, um, do the Old Testament Bible hack, read the book of Hebrews, because we really want you to enjoy all the life and forgiveness, grace and power that God has packed into this book. Which means we've come to our final step. And it's a big one. Our final step is read the Bible. <laughs> the whole thing. From this cover to that cover, cover to cover, I'm asking you to read the whole Bible. Now, let's be honest, this is a huge challenge. Um, there are many pages, many books, many chapters, what, 31,000 plus separate verses. This isn't something you could do in a day or a week. I did it one time in a month 
and I was flying at a, <laughs> a thousand miles an hour and got nothing out of it, it's going to take you some time. And so I want to give you two paths that you can follow. Okay, two, two options. Option number one is you could read the entire Bible in one year. Okay, you'd have to read about three chapters a day, which would take you about 15 or 20 minutes, and you could be done with this whole book in one year. Uh, let me tell you the good and the bad part of that path. Uh, the good part is that you're going to be done in a year. <laughs> one year from today, you could have read every word of the best-selling book in human history. The book that, that literally has changed human history. The book written about Jesus, what he did, and how that reconnects us to the love and presence of God. That's the good part. The bad part is that you're reading the whole Bible in, in just a year. And that means you're going to have to move pretty fast. Now, like if you were driving past you know, some beautiful city and you were flying by on the interstate, it, it'd be hard to really enjoy it. If you were in like the Louvre, a, a famous museum, and you had to like jog and not walk and you couldn't pause and stand, that, that's a little bit about what it's like to read the whole Bible in a year. You're moving fast and unless you have hours and hours of time to spend, there's a lot that you're going to miss. So you could do that. I've done that. Many people have done that. Read the Bible in a year, three chapters a day. Or, here's my second option for you, um, you could read just one chapter a day. Here's the good part. Reading just one chapter a day, which is my personal habit, lets you slow down, stop, think, meditate, pray over, you know, the, the clock's not ticking, you're not rushing through it, so you can really enjoy some of the, the amazing things that God has said and the shockingly beautiful things that Jesus did. Now, the bad part of that process, if your math is right, it's going to take you about three years to get through the whole Bible. Three years is a significant challenge. Some of us can't make it to the gym for three weeks, <laughs> right? So you got to be honest about that. It's, it's going to be difficult. So that's why sometimes people choose the first path the first time through and then they slow down and enjoy the second path when they read this book cover to cover. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do. You probably know yourself. Can you stick with things for a long time? Make sure you're involving other people. Um, you can Google this. There's all kinds of, you know, really cool Bible plans that'll help you with the boxes to check, accountability, a lot of good tips I'm not going to get into today. But I, I do want to encourage you to read the entire Bible. And let me tell you why. There's a single passage near the end of the Bible in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy. And in talking about this book, the, the scriptures, here's what Paul says. All scripture is God-breathed. Paul's fancy way of saying, like, God breathed this out. This comes from the very heart of God. This is his breath, his word. This is the very word of God. All of the scripture is God-breathed. And, Paul continues, all scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that. Every good work, every good thing that God has planned for you, you can be thoroughly equipped for it if you know all the scripture that God breathed out. In time, you're going to find that you know where to go in this book when you're struggling with anxiety or a friend is stuck in depression. 
You're going to know the, the passages and the perfect stories when you're having trouble forgiving yourself or having trouble forgiving another person. When someone is close to death, you're going to know to turn to this psalm where the Lord is called our good shepherd. When you're just trying to deal with life and a, a difficult boss, you're going to know this particular chapter where the Apostle Paul addressed that very issue. All the scripture is breathed out by God so you and I can be thoroughly equipped for every single good work. So we can do the things that don't just matter for a moment, but forever. So today I want to encourage you. I want to urge you. I want to challenge you. This might be one of the the harder things you've ever done. Read this book cover to cover. Take a year, take three years, whatever you want to do, but get to know the amazing God who breathed this out. Let me leave you with this. Uh, During World War II, um, you know that many of the European cities were destroyed by the constant bombing between the various people involved. Uh, One of the the main cities in Poland went through that very thing. Its main street was decimated by bombs that were dropped day after day after day after day. After the bombing was done, there was only one building that was kind of left standing on all of Main Street. It was the building that housed the local Bible Society. It had been bombed too, most of its walls had crumbled down, but there was one wall of the Bible Society that remained standing And on that wall was written something that Jesus had once said. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. Stuff comes, stuff goes. God gives and he takes away. Your life, however long it lasts, will be exactly the same, but there's one thing that will never pass away. This. So read it. Get it. Enjoy it. God bless.